Hey, you. Thank you for joining me for episode number 110 of Better Regulate Than Never. I am so excited because this last week, I had I was published in an article. And I've never really even thought about doing something like that before. And a coach of mine told me about a website called Help a Reporter Out, where reporters put the ideas for stories that they have in these emails that that you they send you, and then you can pitch to be featured in an article, like maybe just a quote or a whole interview. And also uh, TV stations do the same thing on in these emails. So I pitched a few articles and I got chosen for an interview that was published last week. And I will put a link to it in the show notes. But if you follow me on social media, I'm sure that I've already shared it and all the things because it came out on the 11th. But I wanted to tell you, I wanted to make an episode about it because I spent some time on the interview. And one of the things that you could do was create a video. And so I had written out some stuff that I wanted to say on my video. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is exactly the stuff I want my podcast listeners to know. So it's, and it's not anything new necessarily. It's certainly things that you've already heard me say, but I'm going to put it all together in this one episode. And what I love about this article or this interview was it was called, I can't get satisfaction. It's so true that in the world, there's so much abundance. There's, you could have practically anything. And I know that there are people that are hungry, starving, but I would say probably the majority of people, probably people at least listening to this podcast, have enough food and have shelter and have like their necessities met and have nice enough things that they feel somewhat comfortable in the world. And because most people have that stuff, you would think that then the satisfaction level of all the people would be amazing because we all have the things. But I think it turns out that we're probably more unsatisfied than we've ever been in this world. And when I was thinking about it, you know, like there was a lot of questions in the interview and you'll have to read because what I'm going to give you today is just a short part of what was in the interview. So you'll have to read it if you want to, uh, think about some other ideas where this is concerned. But I was thinking about there's a little bit, there's a little bit of a level of unsatisfaction that I think is good. When we want something better for the world, we want something better for ourselves, when we want to make ourselves better, that kind of unsatisfaction can fuel us forward into some amazing things. And so I feel like we need to have some level of maybe I would call it minor unsatisfaction so that you are always pushing forward to do the next thing. And I was thinking about, you know, cavemen, somebody had to invent the wheel and somebody had to invent, well, later on, somebody had to invent cars and somebody invented airplanes and somebody invented computers. And 
I think all those things were invented because there was an unsatisfaction in the level of time it took to get somewhere maybe, or how much work it was. And somebody thought, Hey, I could make this easier or I could make this better. And then we get these amazing inventions that none of us want to live without. So I think we need some, but I think we spend too much time thinking about what we don't have or that there's something about us that's not enough. The video that I did and part of the interview, the question was five things that we can each do to address the feeling of not having enough. And I also lumped in here not being enough because I think it's kind of the same thing. And I do think that every person has some level of I'm not enough of something in their brain. And I think it's just something that our brain offers us. And again, like last week, if you didn't listen to last week's, go back to that. But last week, I was talking about how to counter those thoughts in our head that are telling us that people don't like us or we're fat or we don't belong or whatever. I think this is the same kind of negative chatter or uncomfortable chatter in our head. You don't have enough. You aren't enough. You and the enough can be enough of anything. So I'm going to tell you what my five things are and explain them a little bit. And I'm also going to put a link to my video that I made in the show notes as well. I think the number one thing that we can do to address this feeling of not being enough or not having enough is to be aware of our thoughts. Because every feeling we have is because of how we're thinking. So if I feel like I'm not enough, or I feel unsatisfied, it's because my thoughts are unsatisfying, or my thoughts are telling me I'm not enough. And so then I believe it. And then I feel that way. And I've, you can go back to many episodes where I've said this, but we have so many thoughts in our head every day, all the time, that we possibly, we would go crazy if we were paying attention to all of them. And so it's probably good that our brain doesn't bring them all up to the, to our awareness. But we do need to be aware of what we're thinking, especially when we're having those feelings of not being enough or feeling unsatisfied. Just sit down for five minutes and write down everything you're thinking, because you will see on the piece of paper, some thoughts that are making you feel unsatisfied or not enough. And I want you to spend time doing that every day, because if the more aware you are of your thoughts, the easier it's going to be for you to reframe them and start changing them and start believing other things that feel more comfortable that are that fuel feelings that move you forward and create success and amazingness in your life. So I want you to be able to do that. And you have to look inside at those thoughts before you can, can even make the next change. Another thing that I think is really important for people to do is to be of service to your community. And I've talked about this before too, where I think it's really important that we get out into our communities and we help them. And it doesn't mean that you have to spend a lot of hours. Maybe you want to spend some money. Maybe if you are saving money or 
you know, maybe it's just once a year, but you take some money and set it aside for things that are important in your community. I see organizations and programs all the time that I think, oh my gosh, that's the next one I want to put on my list to help fund it. I think about, and I probably talked about this before, but I think about the program when I was working at school where they provided a free pair of tennis shoes to someone who needed them. So if I had a student whose shoes were falling to pieces and we knew their family didn't have the means to get another pair of shoes, all I had to do was get their shoe size, fill out this Google form, say what size, and practically the next day, they somebody would bring them to the front desk at school and I would go get them and give them to the student. Now that is a program I can get behind. I want to help fund the be them being able to buy shoes and somebody to be able to keep track of all of that stuff and the inventory of it and taking them to the schools and all that. All that is so wonderful. And I want to be part of that. So when you are of service to your community, you can be volunteering your time. You could be putting money towards something, just being kind and loving and caring at your school and at your church and in in your neighborhood is going to make is of service to your community. So you don't have to be a certain age to be a certain of service to your community. You don't have to have a certain amount of money. Anybody can look around and do good things for people. And once we get out of our own heads about what we don't have and how terrible our lives are, and we start looking at others and helping other people, we, we don't think about all the things that we might not have. And it just makes us feel better. I feel like working in mental health all these years, I practically saw my family as perfect because there were so many tragic, terrible things going on when I was at work and hearing all these stories from kids. But then I could just be so grateful that my family wasn't experiencing that and that we had all the things and that we were loving towards each other and all the stuff. And so it just made me more appreciative for what I had because I could see and look around that there were a lot of things that weren't going well. There are probably endless amounts of ways to be of service to your community. The third one is gratitude. And I kind of said that a little bit in the last one, but think about what you already have that you're grateful for. And for myself, I am grateful for the shelter that I have, the home that I have. I'm grateful that I have food in my pantry. I'm grateful that I am a healthy person. You would have your own things that you are grateful for. And so, and think about things that you've created. Like if you work and you've saved your money and you bought a car, you created the ability to have that car and be grateful, even if the car isn't what you want it to be you know, it's a start. You created that amount of money to have that car. Maybe you've already graduated from high school. So you created the diploma. You did the work that it took to get that diploma. So think about stuff you've already created that you're grateful for. And just think about everyday things that you could be grateful for. Every night when you go to bed, you could think about, oh, I loved it that that person held the door for me when I went into the store because I had a lot of things in my arms. Or I'm grateful that that person stopped and helped me 
figure out my flat tire situation or I saw my old friend in the store and they came over and hugged me. I mean, there's just like so many things that you can be grateful for. Sometimes people put this in a journal and you can kind of go back and think about all the things that you're grateful for, or maybe just thinking about them every night. And there was um, a presentation I went to once where they said, every night you should send a quick text to somebody just telling them something that you are grateful for. And I thought that was cool too. I haven't actually tried it, but I think it's a great idea. Number four is take a break or at least consume less of social media. And I love social media and I am not going to stop using it. And I'm not asking you to stop using it. I'm for any young people, millennials or Gen Z, you definitely use it as the way you network with people and the way you keep up with communications with people. So I want you to do that. I just want you to really think about when you're consuming a lot of social media, it's easy to start thinking about, oh, I don't have what I want. Like that person is beautiful and I'm not, or that person has a loving relationship and I don't. That person went on this amazing trip and I'll never get to do that. All of that stuff, you have to remember what you're seeing on social media is someone's highlight reel, someone's filtered version of what they want you to see about their life. People who are fighting constantly are not now maybe I've actually seen some people put some stuff on social media. I'm like, Oh my gosh, don't air your fighting on social media. But most of the time people don't say, Oh, I'm not getting along with my significant other. Or when someone's house is messy, they're not putting that on social media. They're putting their clean, beautiful house on social media. Or when they had to work 70 hours a week and barely got to sleep. They're not putting that on social media. They're putting the trip that they took afterwards. So I think it was in the grit, one of the grit episodes, we talked about not comparing yourself to the end result of someone. So like if someone is an Olympic athlete and you think about, oh, it must be nice for them to be an Olympic athlete or how easy it, look how easy it is for them to be this athlete, but you don't see all the three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning practices and all the times that their body hurt so bad they couldn't stand it. And the years and years and years of practice and time it took to get to where they are. And the same thing happens with social media. When we see the people on the trip and we're like, oh my gosh, must be nice to be them, or I wish I could go on a trip or whatever, you don't know what it took for them to get to their trip. Maybe, you know, it was a lot of work or maybe somebody died and left money and they decided, oh, and to honor them, we're going to use this money to go on this trip. And so there's sort of a sadness to their trip or whatever. I'm just, I just want you to think about that comparing yourself to anyone at any time doesn't make sense because you're not them and you don't know what their circumstances are. If you want to have to go on a trip, if you want to have a different house, if you want to have an amazing relationship, you have to do all the actions that it's going to take to get whatever that is. And so you should, if you want to compare, compare yourself to yourself. So 
start keeping track of what you're doing to get that amazing relationship? Or what are you doing to get that new car? Or what are you doing to get to that trip? And then tomorrow, look at, oh, look at all these things I did. Or look at, oh, last week, I only had X amount of dollars saved up. But now this week, I have this amount of dollars. And you can see that you're increasing and going towards something. So don't compare yourself to other people or social media, only compare yourself to yourself. And the fifth one is realize that everyone is already 100% worthy and lovable. Remember, every single human is born with that 100% worthiness and lovability, and you have been too. So there's nothing that you can do to make your worthy and lovability more. And there's nothing that you can do that would take any of it away. And I, that is just so freeing for me. That is actually probably one of the most number one life-changing thoughts that I realized just a few years ago. Because I think a lot of times because I didn't feel worthy or I didn't feel lovable or I didn't feel like I was enough, I felt like I had to accomplish and achieve so many things. I have to get straight A's. I have to have to be better than this person. I have to have this better job or better house or whatever so that I can prove I can earn my worthiness or earn my lovability. But there, that was never a thing. And so now that I know that I'm perfect just the way I am right now, and I don't have to do anything it just feels so much better. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to do anything to be better because I'm constantly trying to do things so that I'm even more efficient or I'm more loving or I'm more like my business is going in the right direction or whatever. I'm not doing that from a sense of scarcity. Like I don't, I'm not enough. So I have to do these things to be enough. I'm doing it because I already love myself the way I am. And I just want to expand that out to more people. And I want to expand it out, not only to you, but to more people in my family or to offer them even more of me than I've been able to before. So that's a whole different way of wanting to accomplish than from a feeling of I'm not enough or I don't have enough. I hope you practice these five things because I promise you, if you do these things, you're going to feel so much better and you're, it's probably going to open up more opportunities for you. I feel like so much of the world is struggling with this kind of thing. And I do think that social media has probably made it worse because like I said, I'm sure since the beginning of time, people have had this uneasiness of being somewhat unsatisfied with life. But I think now that we are constantly bombarded by other people's filtered version of their life, we get the wrong idea that that's the level that we should be at because we're comparing ourselves to other people and we're, we're getting mixed up and we're getting sad and we're getting depressed because we don't have some certain level of something. So I would love to be your life coach. I would love to work with you and help you to see where you're comparing yourself and, 
and we can come up with a new plan and a new idea of what steps you want to take to have a better version of your life, but not from a sense of that you don't have what you want, but my life is good, but I'd like to make it a little better. And I can help you do that. I feel like that's probably one of the number one things that life coaches do is help you level up. You know, you're already functioning, you're already doing some things in your life that are good, but it's just another step up in a positive, exciting version or level of you. So go to my website, which is betterregulatethanever.com. And my podcast is there. You can listen to all sorts of episodes. You can hit the consult button and that's where you would get on my calendar and we would set up a time to talk to each other. I would love to just help you get on the right track. So you can even send me just an email and tell me how things are going or how, what kind of episodes might be helpful to you. I would love for us to talk about all those things. Talk to you soon.